Today on episode number 570 of the School of Podcasting, holy cow, do we have a show. We've got big news from Apple about their podcast app. We've got a Because of My Podcast story. I'm going to share a story about an overnight success story that you will not believe. We're also going to talk about the importance of listening when you're interviewing people. And I've got some homework that I want you to do. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to help you massage your message. I'm going to help you tackle that technology, face your fears, flatten that learning curve, and not just get you podcasting, but get you podcasting right. And I'm going to say another one here, get you podcasting in ethical manner. Yeah, so people will look up to you because you got there the right way. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up, and that will save you on either your first month or your first purchase. And we're just going to jump to the big, big story. But here's the thing. Everything I'm going to talk about right now, you don't have to worry about it. And that's weird, but we got to talk about it, but there's nothing to worry about. So here it is. In the future, in the future, Apple announced that their podcast app is going to have this whole new redo kind of upgrade kind of thing coming on. Really great stuff. And the features it's going to include is that the there's there's two different levels. There's the podcast. There are things that you put into your your show that, like the name of your show, that is a podcast level tag, shall we call it? And then there are things that you do for your episode. So you have the name of your show, School of Podcasting, and then you have your episode title, which is what podcasters can learn from Kevin Hart. And so on the podcast level, they're adding things for seasons. So if you're a person that does like a TV show podcast, or if you're the the popular show Serial, we'll talk a little bit about S-Town today. If you're doing something in seasons, You'll be able to now to organize your podcast in seasons, and you'll also be able to do what we just I call a normal podcast. That's just episodic where you just put it out over and over and over. So you have ways to say this is part of season one. This is part of season two. This is episode three of season four. Then on the the things that you can add to your title will be your title of your episode, your episode number, if there is a season number, a summary, which I thought we kind of had now, but okay. And then you'll also be able to say, is this an, a kind of a regular episode? Is it bonus content or is it a trailer, kind of like a promo? And the thing that's interesting, I'll put a link to this out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 570. There's a PDF from Apple. And they mention these things called GUIDs, which to me sounds like some sort of strange, you know, new from uh, Pixar. It's GUIDs. The fuzzy little characters that come out at night. No, it's uh, it basically it's this number that identifies each episode. And they say, don't change it. And we'll talk about how I'm, I'm kind of worried about this. In fact, I'm worried about a couple of things. Number one is it says in this PDF that new subscribers will receive the first episode in their library when you subscribe. All right. So I go to the podcast app. I look for School of Podcasting. I subscribe. You're going to receive either the first episode, which is what you get now, or the current season if using seasons. So if I had two seasons and season two had four episodes, that means you would get four episodes downloaded to your library question mark. And this is the problem right now. It's really early in the game and we don't know what will receive means at this point. 
I mean, does it mean it's going to automatically download a, the entire season? Again, we don't know. If it does, if it does, I can see people abusing this to get more downloads. Even if you're like, I'm a, I'm a typical episodic kind of podcast, I'm going to say I'm a season. That way when people subscribe, they'll get my entire season. It's, I mean, I'm still on season one. This is episode number 570 of season one of the School of Podcasting, and that way you'll download all 570 episodes. See what I mean by that? There are people that are getting into podcasting that want to cut in the front of the line, and they don't have these things called scruples or morals in some cases. And so there are already people, there are people that are already, because they have sponsors and they want more downloads, but they, well, in my opinion, let's state this up front, in my opinion, it appears from the outside that they don't care about their audience because they're sending the same episode back twice to get more downloads because all they need is download numbers to report to their sponsor to say, hey, I've, I've had 10,000 downloads on this episode. Granted, I had to run it through my audience six times to get there because that's horrible for the sponsor. I don't just, there are people that are doing this and they're teaching that. That's the even scarier part. Now, they also mention not to change the GUID. Well, again, the GUID is this unique identifier number. And to me, when I hear this, this is like going to a three-year-old and going, hey, that knife, whatever you do, do not stick that knife in the outlet. And they go, what? You go, yeah, don't put the knife in the outlet. And the next thing you, you go in and Junior's been barbecued because he stuck the knife in the outlet. The fact that they're saying don't change it means it sounds, again, we don't know, but it sounds like they're going to give you the ability to change this, and that will make it even easier, and I want to use naughty words here, for for not so, you know, for people to just cheat. For, for that guy that wants to send his, his file back through again and mark it new so he can get more downloads, regardless of whether it's giving value to his audience. It's if, if they allow you to change the GUID, it's going to make it really easy to just bombard your audience with new files that aren't new and jack up your downloads and charge your sponsor. That's horrible for the sponsor. It's horrible for the audience. And there are people that are doing this that just don't care. So because when you when you ruin it for that sponsor, that sponsor talks to the other sponsor and says, stay out of podcasting. Boy, the return on investment was horrible. Now, the other thing that is cool, but has, again, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Apple's going to provide statistics on how many listeners you have. Now, if you're using Blueberry, Spreaker, Libsyn, Podbean, most notable podcast hosts give you these numbers, but now they're going to give you minutes per listener. Now, this normally I say is a poo-poo, caca kind of statistic. Because, like I use Awesound, I have a, a show on them, I have a show on Omni Studio, and I recently, who did I start playing with? Wooshka. And the only time this stat has any merit is if you're listening on their player. Well, hello, about somewhere between 50 and 60% of most downloads go through some sort of Apple device. Okay, now if I can get listener stats on 60% of my audience, now we're talking something I might pay attention to. And it's going to give you the minutes per listener, the abandonment point, and the average completion. Now, this could be a good thing and a bad thing. Now, here's the fun thing. We live in a microwave society. We want things yesterday. Like this this announcement came out Friday night. Friday night. And literally people are going, hey, is Lipson going to have this ready to go on Monday? And I was like, what? You know, and I'm sure 
uh, Angelo over at Blueberry is coding as we speak, and all the guys in Spreaker and, and Podbean and all the other folks are, you know, it's going to take some time. And here's the thing. Again, remember what I started this off with? None of this matters yet. So we'll talk about that in a second. But also, the thing that I'm, I'm kind of worried about this thing with the stats is right now, with just the ability to see how many downloads you have, where people came from, what app they used to download it, and then if you were on another, like what website sent you the traffic, in some cases you can get that information. That's the stats you have. Now with Libsyn, you can also see how many people were using your RSS feed, how many people were listening on Twitter, how many people were listening on YouTube. Libsyn has that capability as well. Full disclosure, by the way, I work for Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Use the coupon code SOPFREE at Libsyn.com, and you can get a free month there. But here's the thing. People are already, and when I say obsess over podcast numbers, I mean people like freak out, like a full like freak out that A, I just launched a, a new episode. It's not in the iTunes listing. That takes up to 24 hours. Your subscribers will have it instantly. It takes up to 24 hours for it to show in your iTunes listings. And they want to know why they don't have a download number yet. You just launched it eight minutes ago. I'm serious. People obsess. They check their stats on an hourly basis. And this is going to give people more things to obsess over. And I've said it, it's, it's a joke, but it's also true. Looking at your stats does not make them grow. It just doesn't. So I'm worried that more people are going to get even more addicted to their stats. It's going to be interesting to see. The other thing is they're putting this information in the website is podcastconnect.apple.com. That is also where you can do a lot of damage. I've been telling people for months, go into this website very cautiously. Go in if you need to refresh your feed and only refresh your feed while we're talking about that. If, if your show has not shown up in iTunes within 24 hours. So if it's been... 24 hours and 30 minutes, then you can use your refresh feed. But normally I tell people to stay out of Podcast Connect because they go in there and they change the feed and all sorts of other things, and they really mess things up in a major way. And now we're going to be sending people to that portal. That has me very worried. And also, I think, I'm not sure the podcast community is ready for the shock when you find out that only 48% of your audience is listening to the entire episode. This is not a new stat. You can get this in Stitcher. And I remember looking at it going, what do you mean 64% only listen to the end? What do you mean that only 42%? It's spooky. So be careful what you wish for in the immortal words of uh, Todd Cochran over at the newmediashow.com. Now, to kind of wrap this up, if I told you there's a new audio format coming and it's going to sound great and do all sorts of new and fun stuff, but there aren't any players that can play this new sort of audio file yet, this news wouldn't mean anything to you, right? Because you can't play the new fun-filled audio format. That's the same thing right now. You cannot experience any of this new stuff until the players are available. In this case, the player means the new features won't come into play until iOS 11 is available. That's going to have an upgrade to the podcast app. So yes, it's exciting, but the time to celebrate and figure out how to do these new tags and to get them into your RSS feed is going to be something we worry about later. And by the time it rolls out, I can't guarantee this, but I would be very surprised unless they roll it out next week. Right now, I'm sure every podcast media host is working on getting these new codes into their system. 
So I'm sure Libsyn, Blueberry, Spreaker, anybody who, worth anything. And that's going to be the interesting thing that's going to show you are the people that you're using for a media host. If they don't update on this, then holy cow, you need a new media host. I just know that patience is not always a characteristic of some podcasters, hence the people checking their stats once an hour. But for now, know that things are going to get better. And they talked about the statistics. And this is the the time frame they said, launching later this year. That's all we have right now, launching later this year. So things are going to get cool in the future. It's exciting to see that Apple has kind of re-embraced podcasting. It's exciting that we're going to get more insights into our listeners. And that's what's coming. But right now, do not... Go Like with Libsyn, you can put extra tags in your feed, and you don't want to hand code this stuff in. Don't do that. Just it's just wait till we get it into the system because, again, if you put this stuff in now, unless you're a developer with a beta version of iOS 11, you're not going to be able to see any of this stuff. So it's cool. It's kind of like a, a trailer coming soon to a, you know iPhone near you podcast app. But for now, just chill out. All right, so that's that's the cool news that's coming down the pipe. Now, normally, I start off shows with a because of my podcast story, but because of the Apple news, I wanted to lead with that. But we have a cool story here from Jeff Perry. And Jeff is kind of, uh, I, I call him, I said, Jeff, can I now call you Jeff the Pivot Perry? Because Jeff starts shows and then changes them and then changes them. And he kind of mentions this here in his because of my podcast story. So with that, I will hand it over to Jeff. Hey, Dave, this is Jeff Perry here doing a quick audio blurb for you for Because of My Podcast. Because of my podcast, I'm now able to be an editor for Emerald City Productions. And in no way, shape, or form would I be able to do this without my podcast. To give some backstory on myself, I have been podcasting off and on for several years now. And one issue that I have is consistency. Every podcast that I've done pretty much has either gone through a rebrand or basically just pod faded over time. And that's a problem for me. But one of the consistent things that I had when it came to doing the podcasts is that I always pushed myself to do more with editing. I've always kind of been a production person. I've been doing it since I was in high school. And I love the challenge of editing and I loved the process of it. And that's kind of why I think I continue to do podcasts, even though I never really have the ability to stick with something. Now, hopefully I've fixed that problem with my current podcast, Podcasting Spark, but maybe I don't. We'll see. If it wasn't for me consistently pushing myself to edit more and doing more with the podcast and making it sound better and everything like that, I wouldn't have been able to get a side gig with Emerald City Productions. I sent the guys over at Emerald City Productions some files that I had done with my podcast, some solo shows, some interview shows, and my narrative stuff. A very eclectic type of podcast that I can work with and and I'm familiar with. And talked to Danny Osmond, who's the co-founder there, and he really was impressed with what I had to do. He said it was very professional work and really enjoyed it and was happy to bring me aboard and have me do some editing for him. And I've been editing for them for a little while now, and I'm really enjoying it. I enjoy the process of helping other podcasts have the best editing experience that they can and making sure that their end product is the best that it can be as well. 
it's something that I've always wanted to do is to make some money in the podcasting space doing something that I love. And podcasting is one of those things. And I love every bit about podcasting. That's why I consistently continue to come back after I pod fader and shows. It's because I love podcasting that much. And if it wasn't for my podcast, I wouldn't be able to start editing for other podcasts and work with Emerald City Productions and doing this kind of gig. So thank you, Dave, for pointing me in the right direction because I didn't know about Emerald City Productions until you had a sponsor from them. And I looked into them and then you and I corresponded via email. And one of those people that you told me about was Emerald City Productions. And I shot them an email and I was like, hey, here's some stuff. I'd love to work with you guys. And they they brought me aboard, which is awesome. So thank you, Dave, specifically for pointing me in the right direction. And you've helped me out over the years as well with my podcasts. And it, it's always been a treat to have you offer your advice and and support. And so thank you. That's, all, that's really all I can say. And like I said, because of my podcast, I'm now able to do something that I love and make a little bit of money on it too, which is awesome. So that's my story. And it's all because of my podcast. There you go. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, he emailed me and said, you know, I really... I really want to make money in podcasting and, you know, how can I do that? And I said, well, you know, you can, I, as far as I know, Libsyn isn't hiring anybody. You could check with Blueberry, things like that. I know uh, Charles McFall, who's been on this program is, I believe, I believe I heard he's going to be working for Blueberry. Uh, but I said, you know, go out to podcastingresources.com. I have a bunch of people listed there that are audio editors and see if somebody, uh, over at you know podcast Solu- pro podcast solutions or podfly or all the other places over at podcastingresources.com and lo and behold one of the places over there was emerald city and uh there we go so uh and and the beautiful thing of this is as jeff only has to give me 10% of his paycheck that's the thing i really like about it that's the deal we worked out so jeff i'm glad to hear that and yeah so you never know what's going to happen and had he not started his podcast, and because Jeff does pivot, he's done narrative-style podcasting, he's done solo podcasting, and like he said, he pushes himself to really create the the editing part, to really make things tight and well, so there's a flow there, things like that. Uh, so good on you there, Jeffrey. Now, the thing I want to talk about right now is when you have content that th- this is what you want your audience to sound like. Jimmy Fallon who talks about podcasting a fair amount and the guy who did S town, which is a very popular podcast was on the Jimmy Fallon show on the tonight show. So let me play you a quick clip of that. Also joining us tonight. Uh, he's the host of the record setting podcast S town. I'm not going to give any spoilers on no it. Spoilers. Nothing. I'm barely going to talk about, it, but yeah. I can't wait to talk to him. Brian Reed is stopping yeah. by. Have you, have you listened to it yet? Yes, I've listened to the entire thing. I'm not going to tell you anything. All right, good, Except, don't tell anything. No, no, don't, don't. Higgins, uh, Higgins, Questlove, are you? Uh, no, nothing. Not yet. You, you haven't finished, you listened right? to it yet? Spoilers. I know about it, but yeah. Okay, good. But I'm, I'm obsessed with this. Uh, I'm obsessed with uh, S Town. It's fantastic. I've only done two episodes so far, but anyways, I'm gonna. That's all you really. This, it's unbelievable. So get if, whatever you listen to your podcast. What do you listen to it on? On my iPhone. I mean, do you have an app? You have an app called Podcast. <laughs> Press a button. Is there an app called Podcast? Yeah. Oh, I don't use that. What do you use? It's called Overcast or something. Overcast? Yeah. 
real. It's a weather app. It's a weather app. So there you go. We now know that Jimmy Fallon uses Overcast to listen to his podcast, but that's what you want me. It's like, oh man, you got to listen to this. So the next couple of things I'm going to talk about are things that I'm saying, oh, you got to listen to this. And one of those, and I didn't ask for permission, but I'm sure Harry's going to be okay with this. I actually, this is the homework. When I said I have homework for you today, what I want you to do, it's a new month. And I know you're like, Dave, it's been a new month for about uh, 12 days as we do this. But if there's a podcast that you are enjoying, and, and if you want to do this to me, that's fine. But I, I've, I got a free T-shirt this month, so I got plenty of gas in my tank. But if, if you're enjoying somebody's show, can you just take a second to let them know you enjoy the show? Because there are times when we are out here going, hello, is this on? Is this, can, can you hear anything? And so I did this to Podcast Junkies. And I like this show, number one, because usually Harry is interviewing somebody I know. And he was interviewing Lee Silverstein, who is such a great guy. Lee's been on this show. He does the Colon Cancer Podcast. And I want to play you a couple of clips here because here's the thing. To me, a great interview, and Mark Maron said this at Podcast Movement. He said, somebody asked him, like, what's the key to to, uh, to a great interview? And he said, that's easy. One word, listening. And so Harry had a couple things here where Lee is talking about his colon cancer show And it's so obvious that Harry is listening and he asks great follow-up questions. So I just want to play you a quick clip. One of the earliest interviews I I did, probably my sixth or seventh interview, the gentleman who I interviewed put it so perfectly. He said, the portrait of your friends and family before cancer will not be the same portrait of your friends and family after. And I'm listening to that going, I wonder what that means. And that is so, so true. Um, and that's not tied to attitude, but that, you know, it just just kind of reinforces the fact that everybody uh, handles these kinds of situations differently. Um, but attitude has been so huge for me. Can you talk a little bit, can you elaborate on that, like how that changed for you? And, and was it something that you were surprised about when it, when it started happening? So you notice there he didn't say, okay, great. Tell us about your aha moment. He's like, can we dig a little deeper on that? That sounds like, because Harry likes to get into kind of the deep stuff, the spiritual stuff in some ways, that really, to me, is kind of cool because nobody talks about this kind of stuff on their podcast because Lee's busy talking about colon cancer. And so this is where you get to kind of learn a little bit about the life of the person. And so he then explained how, yeah, because some people, when you're like, oh, by the way, I have colon cancer, everybody reacts differently. Some people that might be your best friends are going, I want to distance myself. Well, here, I'll just play the answer. In terms of, you're talking about ad, like well, attitude? The por- well, the portrait, this idea of the portrait. Oh, the portrait. Yeah. Oh, this, is, this is a common, common thing. I thought it was just me. Um, but, you know, people all handle adversity and difficulties different ways. And, you're always amazed, and I was amazed as there are some people you expect that will be right by your side that aren't, and people you never expected to be by your side that suddenly are there. And ask anybody who's been through through cancer, and I guarantee you they'll all tell you the exact same thing. And so I heard that, and I was like, wow, because number one, Now you're getting behind the scenes, and I don't care what you say. Everybody loves behind the scenes stuff. 
of what is it really like. And that's one of the things that Lee is doing with his colon cancer podcast is like, look, when you hear those three words, you have cancer, it's not a death sentence. I mean, Lee's had cancer. Well, actually, that's another great example. I'm not going to play this clip, but Lee actually had cancer when he was five. And he throws that little nugget out there. What does Harry do? Do you remember having cancer? Because sometimes you don't remember that stuff when you're wee little. And he's like, oh, absolutely, vividly. So it's just a great example. I love that show, podcastjunkies.com. This is episode 130 with Lee Silverstein. Really, really great episode. And same thing. He did uh, an episode with Gary Leland that I've known Gary for years, and I learned stuff about Gary in that episode that I just don't get anyplace else. So in the same way that Jimmy Fallon is saying, oh, you got to listen to S-Town, there are times when you want your audience to be like, I got to tell somebody about this. And so that's what I want to talk about today is I just read a book from a comedian named Kevin Hart. Now, if you've never heard of Kevin Hart, he is, in my opinion, very funny. You've probably know, you might know him from his movies. He's in a lot of movies. He was in um, uh, the movie with uh, Ice-T right along. He's been in a bunch of them. But his book is called I Can't Make This Up, Life Lessons. And I'm telling you that if you want to make it in the entertainment business, you got to listen to this book. Number one, it's hilarious. And I remember watching the comedy special. Now, Kevin, I think, is 5'4". So there are a lot of short jokes in the book. But I watched a, I think it was on Netflix. He had a special called I'm a Grown Little Man. And he had these hilarious stories that he shared about his family. He talked about how he just, there, he goes, there are times when, when my, my two-year-old daughter is a real a-hole. And he goes, I just, we get in these arguments and it's, it's just hilarious. And so at the end of that concert, after making me laugh, he goes, I want to show you why I do this. And he brought his, his two children out, who he's been making fun of pretty much for the most part of that special. And it was touching it was transparent, and I, I've i been uh, in, in another life. I was involved in the copier industry, uh, and I worked with copier salesmen. I did training on how to run them, and I saw a copier salesman drag his kids around at Christmas, and it was so obvious that it was a gimmick. He was doing it to to seem like something that well, just it was it was kind of snake oil salesme, kind of a uh, propaganda would be a great word of that. This was not. This just seemed genuine. And I've seen every one of his specials since then because I remember thinking, wow, that guy's different. That guy, that was cool. And when his book came out, I instantly got the audio version and it's read by Kevin and it's hilarious. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like 11 hours of stand-up with a really great story. And I always say, if you can make me laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain me, and really, this book did all of that. I was literally in Chipotle, and he was talking about his mom having a sickness, and I start crying in the middle of Chipotle. Uh, and so, but the thing that podcasters can take away from the story is Kevin's relentless pursuit of getting better at his craft. I, I talked a couple months ago about how I took the Steve Martin Masterclass, and uh, for The Real Brian, uh, The Real Brian Show asked me, how was that? I like the beginning. Um, I'm not going to be a comedian. It did give me behind the scenes stuff. And so I would give it like a B. 
I thought it was going to be like A plus, but there were some things that I was like, mm, okay. He talked a lot about plays he'd written and things like that. And it, but on the other hand, what is he going to talk about? Other people's stuff. So it was cool. Uh, but he he talks a lot about getting at his craft. And in that Steve Martin thing, he said so many people are talking about, you know, how can I get a manager? How can I get an agent? And with podcasters, we're kind of going, how can I get a sponsor? How can I get on a network? When the question we should be asking is, how do I get good? And Kevin said, basically, look, I, the only way you're going to get better, it's stand up. And he got a mentor. That was the other thing he did. He found a mentor to kind of show him around the ropes. And they said, the only way you're going to get better on this is stage time. And the only way you're going to get better at podcasting is to do it. You can read all the books you want. You can watch all the YouTube stuff uh, until you press record and then let someone not named mom listen to this, you're not going to get any better at this. And so you also see in this book, he had a lot of hard times. And it's the hard times that you're really, like his mom was beyond strict because his brother uh, had started to lead a life of crime. And eventually it was either go to jail or go into the army. And his brother turned himself around, but his mom was really freaking out. And so she was really super strict on Kevin because she didn't want another child maybe going down the wrong path. Now, the other thing is Kevin's father is 100% absolutely crazy. He did uh, cruel things to his children. One time he stole a bike. He stole a bike because Kevin wanted a bike, and he gave it to Kevin as a present. And his mom knew it was stolen, and Kevin's like, man, I can't believe I got this really cool bike. It's awesome. Yay, thanks, Dad. And then his mom comes out and goes, no, 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 you got you to gotta get rid of that. His, his father borrowed a neighborhood dog borrowed here is in quotation marks and then gave it to his chi- his his children and they're like oh i can't believe it my dad's the best he got me a dog and then the neighbors come over and go I'm like can we have our dog back i mean his his dad was crazy and so what was interesting about this is even as a young kid kevin realized that his father wasn't going to win any kind of medals for father of the year and he just accepted it and that's the key here is the key to me to kevin hart is his attitude instead of hating his father he forgave him and he had this mentor and he kind of made, he's from Philadelphia and he'd won a bunch of different like comedy uh, competitions in Philadelphia. And he was kind of a big fish in a small, well, if you want to call Philadelphia a small pond, but he wanted to make this as a career. And so he and his mentor drove from Philadelphia to New York city. Now I went to Google maps This is an hour and 45 minute drive one way. And so he, because he mentions how he would basically drive to New York. He would then sit and watch his mentor perform in numerous clubs, because in New York City, there's clubs all over the place. Uh, He wouldn't get to sit at the table with all the other comedians. He was kind of like at the kids' table, but he was building a relationship with his mentor and eventually would be able to do five minutes of stand up. So let's think about that. Let's back up a second. He drove three hours. Let's say it was an hour and a half just to make easy math, which we know was probably more with traffic. But he would spend three hours in a car to do five minutes of stand-up. That is some serious passion. And he would do this three or four times a week. So think of the gas involved with that. When you're eating ramen noodles, that was amazing. And then what happened is his career started to take off and he started getting these acting roles. He got a movie uh, called Fool's Gold where he played the uh, 
the villain. This was uh, who's the all right, all right, all right, Matthew McConaughey and um, Goldie Hawn's daughter, whose name is escaping me. And it really was it was a it was a romantic comedy. What do you expect it to be? Shocking at the end, they actually you know fell in love and walked into the sunset. And uh, it didn't get great reviews. And then later, he was got to be cast as the lead guy in Soul Plane. And Soul Plane has a historical relevance uh, as it's basically one of the most bootleg movies in history. Like, people were watching the DVD of the movie before post-production was finished. So think about that. Kevin's, like, on the movie set. They're still working on it. And like he said, my dad was at home watching the DVD. And he's like, how can that be? We're not done with the movie yet. So consequently, when the movie came out, nobody went to see it because well, anybody that was going to go see it had already seen it. And so now Kevin had worked on a couple films that had tanked. And when you have two movies in Hollywood go wrong, they don't want to cast you in anything. You are poisoned. So what did he do? What did Kevin do when that happened? Because it's like, hey, I'm getting my big break. Here I go. I spent all this time doing this. He Did he sink into oblivion? Did he get now? Trust me, he was not happy about this. But instead, he said, I'm going to build up my career so much that they have to put me in a film. I want to become such a big star that they have to put me in a film. So once again, what did he do? He went back to working on his craft. He wanted to be good. Now, the interesting thing is that this is where I find, this is where I found Kevin Hart. Because then he eventually goes in to record, I'm a grown little man. But that was after, are you ready for this? Seven years. Seven years. And this is where I've, I've pointed this out, where comedy, being a comedian and being a podcaster have this similar trait, and that is there is no practice in comedy. You can tell a couple friends a joke and see if they laugh, but it doesn't matter. You don't know if your podcast is any good if it's sitting on your hard drive. You will not know. You can study books. You can watch YouTube videos. You can be a master of your software. And you've got to, it, it doesn't matter until you let somebody listen to it. And so this is why you'll see big name comedians like Chris Rock go to these little baby bars in New York City. They're testing out their new material because you can't practice comedy. And it's the only way you're going to get better at it. And so... This is the same with podcasting. So here's the thing that I was really surprised is in the story, it explains how Kevin's getting into acting and in Hollywood with TV shows, you can go out and you can audition for all these different TV shows and you might get hired and then they'll shoot a pilot and then you wait to see if the pilot gets picked up and this goes on and on and on and you're getting paid to do nothing. Basically, you, nobody's, you're not getting any exposure. And Kevin realizes that the reason that he's not being seen as funny is because he's reading other people's words. So he sits down and decides, I'm going to write a sitcom. And he does. He creates a sitcom. It got turned into a pilot. And yes, it gets picked up by a network, ABC in this case. They film the show, all 12 episodes. He's flown to New York to this big event where you get to meet all the networks and kind of say, hey, here's the show coming this fall, yada, yada, yada. I'm Kevin Hart. Look at me. And, and the world would really get to know him on a, a, a national stage. And literally, he's standing on the stage. He's about 10 seconds 
He's, he's sitting there with the stage manager. The guy's got the headphones on and he's getting ready to, to give him the go to go on the stage. And literally the stage manager goes, hold on a second. I need you to stand over here. And Kevin's like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just stand over there. And he calls another show and has them go on. And he looks and goes, they didn't tell you. And like, tell me what? Yeah. Your show just got canceled. So before it even went on the air, it got canceled and they decided to go with another show. Can you imagine? I mean, he just spent $800 on a suit. Can you imagine how that felt? And again, did he go into depression? Now, again, he wasn't happy about this. But if you go back to Kevin's mother was very strict and he had a parent that kept buying things that would then get removed. So for Kevin, this was like, all right, well, I'm kind of used to people giving me things and then taking them away. I'm used to hearing no on auditions because I heard no over and over and over with my mom. So it's a great book to get your attitude in check. Um, He had a fair amount of embarrassment in his childhood. And what Kevin would do, he called it, he would just shrug his shoulders and go, okay, and then go back to making his stand-up better. So... There's a uh, a famous comedian manager named Barry Katz. He actually does a podcast. And he says, if you are undeniable, you won't be denied. And that was kind of Kevin's thing. He just went back to say, I, I don't want to be, I'm just going to be the best, where people cannot, it's a double negative, so they cannot not want to see me. And then the other thing I was really impressed with, Kevin is a brand. So when you're a comedian, when you're a podcaster, you know, the school of podcasting, yes, it's Dave Jackson. And you could say, you know, the school of podcasting is my brand, but really it's, it's, it's the Dave Jackson show. And he had some people helping him. And one person was like threatening the club owners. Like, if you don't pay him on time, I'm going to do this and that. And he was very assertive, shall we say. And to the point where they came to Kevin and said, yeah, I don't want to book you anymore because I don't like the guy that's, that's handling your booking. And so Kevin always focused not just on his jokes, but on what the experience was like to work with him. Uh, I remember he wanted a nice theater. He wanted people to have fun. He didn't want to have people worrying about, you know, drunks and getting beat up and things like that. He wanted the entire experience of coming to a Kevin Hart show to be one of uh, that people would go out and say that was one of the best shows I've ever been to. And so with your brand, this could be things like, Is it easy to find your podcast on your website? Is it easy to hit play? Is it easy to find a way to subscribe to your show? Do you have directions on your website on how to subscribe to your show? Because that's where, that's where the rubber hits the road with subscribers. So he carried about his brand to make sure the entire Kevin Hart's show experience was something that you would then tell your friends about. Then the last point I want to make about this is Kevin listened he had a again a mother that was beyond strict and he didn't agree with her rules but he followed them and all those no's that he heard from his mother again helped prepare him for the movie business and you know the TV business where you go on audition after audition after audition and what do you hear no 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 so there may be things in your life you're like oh this stinks this is horrible but it may come out later that there are times when Oh, let's find a cliche to pick on. Uh, you know, that is the the pressure on the coal that turns you into the diamond. You just don't realize it at the time. And so 
his jokes in the beginning, again, were funny, but any comic could have told those jokes. Uh, he actually had a thing where he had a, a name. He was going to go out and um, I don't know if this is explicit or not. Anyway, his name was Little Kev. Um, it rhymes with mustard with a lot of bass in it. I think he got that. That was his name. Little Kev. The <laughs> and uh, his mentor said, do you know of any comedian, the, the greats that had a stage name? So he said, go out and be yourself. And so again, his, his mentor's like, look, your father's crazy. You, you have a relationship that's nuts. You know, why aren't you talking about your, your life is just funny. And where some comedians have a, a set thing on, no, this, I'm going to be this. And I've seen podcasters do this. I'm going to do a daily show. I'm going to do a daily show. It's going to be this and that. And their audience is going, I can't take that much content. And they don't listen because I set out to do a daily show. You got to listen to your audience. And so he listened to his mentor. And like I said, his name was a brand. Uh, He actually, this is another one I thought was interesting. You have to realize sometimes that maybe you're not as good as you think you are. And so he was offered to play this large comedy event in Canada that is actually a launching pad for many comedians. And his manager told him, you know, Kevin, you're doing great, but you're not ready for this one yet. And he could have really thrown a fit and said, I'm playing this anyway. But he wasn't happy but he listened. And when he was invited back the next year, because what did he do? He went back to make better content. And so they definitely invited him back because he was playing bigger venues and bigger venues. He was invited back the next year. He was ready. It worked. And that's when things really started to take off. And he'd also learned. He actually, uh, his his specials, he owns those because he had seen by networking with people, people were just getting robbed left and right. So he learned to produce his own shows. In fact, he he I think he said he was down to thirty dollars to and is like to his name to produce that special. I'm a grown little man, but that then got sold to I think Comedy Central for fifty thousand dollars, something like that. And that then led to more movie roles. And now he's about every time you turn around, he's like a a drugstore in America. You see one about every three blocks. Well, now you see a Kevin Hart movie about every three months. So. If you're in entertainment, I highly recommend it. Again, the book is called I Can't Make This Up, Life Lessons. It is 11 hours and 14 minutes. You can get it for free if you want to listen to it. And I I would recommend listening to the book because he does a lot of things where he goes off script. It's not safe for work, by the way, uh, but man, is it funny. Uh, There are parts of it that are just like really funny. And um you can get it by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash audible trial, and that will give you, uh, if you don't have an audible account, you can get it for free. If you do have an audible account, well, then you can just buy it with one of your credits. And also, if you've ever thought of using audible as kind of a, if we put air quotes here, sponsor, because that's my affiliate link, if I didn't tell you that, that is my affiliate link. Uh, you can do that by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash audible and if somebody signs up and gets a book, you earn 15 bucks. So if you plan on getting this book and you're new to Audible, please, schoolpodcasting.com slash Audible trial. But the, the reason I'm talking about this is, again, I, I really think if you read this book, it will help shape your attitude. For me, this was all about his attitude is just amazing. And to me, the attitude, your attitude is one of the key pillars of your podcast success. Your attitude, your health, and the support of your family and friends. 
Those are the three things that if you don't have those, I've talked about that in a previous episode. If you don't have those three things, your podcast has got a really, really tough road. So I love this book. I wanted to talk about it. We heard Jimmy Fallon talk about something on that. Try to make content that gets people that goes, oh, you got to listen to this. So I'm going to wrap things up. If you'd like to start a podcast, I uh, it's funny. I was teaching at uh, in Ohio. I did a presentation at Kent State University on uh, their their kind of South Campus, not the Kent State University. I mean, it's the Kent State University, but it's a it's not the campus with the four dead in Ohio place. Uh, and it was interesting. It was to a bunch of uh, small business owners. And I think I am one hand. I'm such an advocate for podcasting. I think it's great. I think everyone should have one. I think you should try it. Uh, but at the same time, because I'm honest about it. And I tell you that it takes four hours to do a one-hour podcast. And the fact that when you first start, nobody's going to be listening. I am also the worst advocate for podcasting because I tell people the truth. And it was fun watching people. This is cool. This is cool. And I get to the slide. I'm like, yeah, four to one is my general ratio for starting a podcast. And they all went, hmm, maybe not. But I do have ways. I, I show you things in the school of podcasting, ways you can kind of streamline things. So you can actually start a podcast and keep your sanity, which is great. And I've got tools in there that will help you shape your content so that it is good. And then you've got me, and I bring my 12 years of experience, and you can say, hey, Dave, can you listen to a little bit of my show here and, and give me some feedback? And I would be glad to do that for anyone, asterisk, by the way, for the School of Podcasting. So thanks so much for tuning in. Next week, uh, I will be talking about improv. Yeah, improv. I actually had an author of a book about improving and how you can use that, that you might want to study a little bit about improv because it might help your podcast. And I, I like that topic because it's not microphones. It's not technology. It's about content. And it's kind of outside the box. Originally, I was like, hmm, do I want to talk about this? I did this interview and uh, I think you'll like it. Come back next week. And also, I want to mention that for episode number 572, this is uh, an episode, I need your response by June 23rd. That is a Friday because on June 26th, I'm doing the episode. And what it is, is I'm looking for how many strikes do you give a podcast before you either unsubscribe or you choose not to subscribe? In other words, what does it take for you to go, mm, yeah, I don't think so. Is it one strike? Maybe you give them one listen and go, nope, not, not going back to that. Is it two? Is it three? Is it five? I would love your insights in that because we we all want subscribers. We all want listeners. And I'm just trying to figure out, like, how how lenient are they? How strict are they? How, how fickle are they? How finicky are they? Or do they give people a lot of leeway? So I would love your feedback on that. If you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, all of the different ways to contact me, are there. You can just record something. If you're a person that has a microphone, just email it to Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. All I ask is that you put in the subject line 572. And that way I will know to instantly save that attachment into the folder so I don't lose it. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you so we can all learn together on like what is kind of the listening habit of uh, folks. So thanks so much for tuning in. Again, our website, schoolofpodcasting.com. If you want to start, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care. God bless. And I hope to see you on the internet. If you like what you hear, then go tell somebody.
So he then figures, and this is the one that got me. He he goes out and he's getting these acting gigs, but and it's motorcycle time. Vroom vroom. Boys and their toys. 